Welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and I have with me Dr. Chris May. And before we get into why I invited Chris to be interviewed, I usually try to keep these bios short, but I would be remiss not to mention that Chris is head cook for the competition barbecue team, the Memphis Squeal and also pit master of the Moody Qs. See what they did there with the uh, with the names? And he's finished as high as seventh place in the world. Not, not Tennessee, not the country, but seventh place in the world in pork shoulder at the Memphis World Championship Barbecue Competition. So that's not your typical intro, but I thought that was more interesting than telling people where you went to school. It's way more interesting than uh, residency and fellowship information that none of us really care about. I've spent way more time talking about barbecue sauce at meetings, and frankly, it was a lot more fun. But uh, yeah, competition barbecue, if you ever want to find a way to waste a huge amount of time and money, you should get into it. Well, I like to eat it. I don't, I'll, I'll leave uh, the expertise up to you. <laughs> um, so we are not going to talk about barbecue in this interview. Uh, but we are going to talk about contact lenses. And, and Chris, that's uh, as we as we talked before, that's why I asked you to be on so we could pick your brain a little bit, because I think it's safe to say that that you and your practice have had um, more success than the average practice with contact lens sales. If we talk about things like dailies and annual supplies, I know you speak on the topic and your name has popped up several times Um uh, with me and, and talking with other people uh, through vendors, other ODs saying, how are they doing it? What are they doing differently? And when we think about impressive contact lens sales, whether we're talking about annual supplies or dailies, you're not the typical market that comes to mind. So I'd like to start there. If, if you could provide some, some background on your practice, and then we'll get more into the process that you've how you've approached this um, uh, this process of trying to improve contact lens sales? Yeah, we're, we are we're a bit of an outlier. Uh, it's a little different. So, uh, from my practice, it, it's probably not typical for what you would say daily success, right? Uh, I'm guilty myself of of saying you know dailies won't work here. Uh, we can probably dig back up my reps that bang their heads against the wall that they get so sick of hearing that in certain regions where it's just like nope. Nope, not going to work here. I think that's the easy answer. I think it's the easy way out. There's a lot of docs where it's just, it's easier to do that than change what you're doing or find a way through the maze uh, to, to do a better job. But uh, we're in a rural area in, in North Mississippi, uh, one main location with two satellites. So we're kind of spread across the, the northern third of Mississippi. And it, it is not urban, <laughs> to say the very least. Uh, in fact, actually, one of our satellites is in one of the few county seats that does not have a stoplight. Uh, we do have a four-way stop sign, uh, and there's two choices uh, for uh, where you can eat. You can pick which gas station you want to eat at. But you know, it has some of the lowest per capita family income in the entire country, let alone in the state of Mississippi. So daily disposables are not an automatic or an easy sell within our market. It, 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 it's tough. Uh, that said, our current uh, daily rate is right at 55%. Chris, you mentioned in a conversation we had before, the word intentional came to mind, and, and you mentioned being intentional with your strategy. So um, let's take it from there. We understand your market now, but what is your approach? Can you, you expand on the process that you've taken with your patients? 
Yeah, and when I say intentional, uh, what I really mean is, uh, yes, decision-based, electing to take certain steps, but also understanding that it is going to be a process. This is not flip the switch the next morning and all of a sudden something that has been, you know, something that you've struggled with as a practice that's going to just click easy. It's also not one of those things that you can take that one step and then back away and have it stay automatically. A lot of us have had these these changes where we implemented change and we're so excited about it. And then you look up and like, yay, we made numbers the first month. And then like the second month, they went all the way back to the beginning or got worse than it was. So it is very tough. It does require monitoring and paying attention, right? The whole uh, anything that you measure, you'll improve. So there's an element there. But this began years ago. And our practice was almost 100% two-week wear. At that point, uh, we were uh, two and a half docs. Uh, and we had, I had just come into the practice uh, maybe a year or so before. And I came out of ophthalmology with the disease background. So to me, contact lenses were one of these things that causes infiltrates and ulcers so that patients get referred to me. They weren't really a major part of my practice mentality. And because of that, I commoditized them and allowed my patients to commoditize not only their contact lens choices, but also what we were doing. That at that point, Alcon was was talking about some data that they had that promoted one day and one month, and basically said that two week wear had the lowest compliance, the lowest revenue for the practice, and the highest complication rate. And I remember thinking, nah. Eh, probably not. It's probably all about the same. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it's kind of like solutions. I saw solutions and, and you know, teardrops. It's just like whatever I had was what was going to go out the door, whatever. These are just things. So I looked into what at that point was our practice management software. It was before EHR, but we had uh, enough practice management software to be able to dig into the data. And what was amazing is the the data was right. Outcomes data that they were talking about was was dead on for our practice. And it was something like three boxes of two-week wear contact lenses with an average exam interval of 18 months. And we're looking at that and you're going, whoa, 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 that's terrible for the patient. It's terrible for their eyes, but it's also bad for the practice. So this is not what I want to do. It's not what I want my patients doing. It's not what's good for my patients and it's not good for my practice either. So we intentionally uh, had a discussion and sat down and the three docs, we decided to kill two-week wear, that it was going to be something that we just changed it because it was no longer what we saw as a viable modality. And this is probably, to give you an idea, you know, 15, 18 years ago when this process started. Now, that's not overnight. It, it took time and those changes as we started to make them happen, but it was important to have us all on the same page and doing that as a practice because otherwise, what happens is there's some mom and dad moments here in, in multi-doctor practices where, well, dad said, I can't go stay with my friend, so I'm just going to go ask mom. So I would fit a patient in the lens, and they'd go, well, I don't like what he said. I'm going to come back to my follow-up and set it with one of the other doctors, and then I'm going to tell them that I want to go back to abusing my two-week lens because there's nothing better than a BNL 66 torque. And you're going, wait, Really? And so what patients loved about those lenses, they said, yeah, yeah, we love it. We love it. We love it. What we loved is, is we looked at it and you're going, because you got two boxes the last time we saw you two years ago. No wonder we were seeing the complications we were seeing. No wonder we were seeing as much Neo as we were seeing. No wonder we had these problems. So my joke actually also became kind of funny is I would tell the patients, like, look, you got to understand, this is not 
something where we're doing this just for us. This is it's safer, it's better, it's more convenient. But like, I'm I make more money if you get an infection than I do off your contact lenses. I don't want you to have an infection. This isn't a financial choice. I'm worried about you. And so that took some time and took some some decision making. And we had to look at everything from pricing to packaging to training from front desk through technicians, doctors, uh, ordering. Everybody has to be on the same page to do something well to change any project, particularly on something like this. It's a place where it takes everyone being on the same page, everyone pulling the same direction to get you together. I want to get into a little bit more without the team around you and and making that a, a, a team process. But what does the conversation sound like for you? You've got the patient coming in. They've been wearing two-week disposables forever, and now you want to move them into dailies. What what does that conversation sound like from you and, and maybe the other doctors? Well, it, we had to learn. Uh, we, we did it wrong a lot, just to be honest. So, And I'd say one of the biggest things was you had to get comfortable with being told no, but not really in a bad way. So looking at it a little bit as sowing seeds. Because in a lot of cases, the patient went from two week to one month. Well, if they were more compliant in a better lens that transmitted more oxygen, that was safer, and that they were using more correctly, I hate to say that, but but that's the best way I can put it. They're being more compliant. That was better for them. And it was better for us. So that was an easier step. But we didn't stop there. We had to start the conversation with, hey, here's the options. You know, we've got this and we've got that. So let's try them. And there is a little bit of what we used to call the Coke Pepsi challenge, but no one knows what we're talking about anymore when we say that. So my analogy now is, you know, we've got the the local ice cream place. And so ours is called Area 51 and it is in Hernando, Mississippi, and it's ridiculously good. So I have, I would say I've never had anything bad there, but I can say I've only got a couple of favorites. So this is one of those moments. As a doctor in the dark, for some reason, if the patient says they don't like our new thing, we recoil. And go right back to what they were doing before, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, if you try the new flavor that the ice cream shop has and you taste it, you go, well, okay, that's good, but it's not, that's not what I want. I want the other one. They don't recoil. They're perfectly happy to sell you whichever thing it is that, 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 that you'd like better. And you had to try it because maybe it's your new favorite. That's a little bit at this moment from in the exam room is being able to go, hey, here's what's out there. Here's what I think fits you best. But allowing the patient to say, no, that's not what I want to do, because that tells them you're listening, right? That way the patient knows my doctor talked to me about those, but you know, I decided not to go that way because this is what I'm doing for right now. It is amazing the number of times where something that would start out like a part-time where somebody that wouldn't have usually been in contact lenses was like, well, dailies opened up this PRN option for them. And I had a lot of hunters do that, which is kind of Nobody's like my 55-year-old male is my fastest-growing contact lens demo, right? But it was for a little bit. And these guys would wear the lenses and go, hey, can I use these at work? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, Yes, this is something we can do. Cool, this is great. So it is a little bit of, of sowing seeds and allowing them to grow and knowing that in some cases it takes the next year. And it, it is interesting. And sometimes that next year is as simple as making yourself notes to go, yep, you know, discussed going this direction at the moment they want to stick here but also certain things we did have to put our foot down and say no and we're not doing that anymore and and we'll get this every now and then for certain insurances the patient goes i want this lens because i read in my coverage it's totally covered yes it is 
and it's from 1987. No, we're not doing that because I'm not going to sell you a bag phone when you go over to Verizon for your new coverage. You've got to have a good backbone to have it work. We've got to have something safe first. It's a delicate balance sometimes because I, I, and I go back and forth on this. I think you'll hear a lot of doctors take the approach of, let's just use the example that we've been talking about the two week disposable versus the dailies to say, well, I'm going to prescribe you something different. I hand you a prescription. And, and I think that can be effective, but at the same time, I think it can be off-putting to a lot of patients because you feel like you're being forced to do something. I actually prefer your approach. For one, it's you, you lower the risk of something when you say, just try them out and see what you think, right? There's, we're not looking for any, we're not looking for, a lot of times I think what we do as doctors, we ask people to make this huge mental leap the minute they walk in the door and sit down. <laughs> you need to think completely different about contacts versus just trying to ease them into it. I've also been reading up about something kind of interesting and it plays more under the psychology of this. Giving people permission to say no makes them much more likely to say yes. So when you open this uh, from the framework of it's, it's okay if you don't do this, but why don't you just try these on, see what you think. Um, is that literally saying you, you can say yes or no to these, it, it actually lowers the bar on their willingness to fight you on it and they're and more willing to move forward with it. So, and I think to your point, a little bit of trial and error, just finding out what works for you, the, the outcome, the patient will tell you if it's working or not by whether or not they're, they're switching contacts, they're making the purchase. That's your, that's your audience and that's your outcome. So just, just try things differently. It's also interesting that people that wear two-week disposables, nobody ever, according to the patient, wears them beyond two weeks. Everybody <laughs> wears them exactly two weeks. And then you go and you look at their eyes and you say, there is no way this person is only wearing these for two weeks. And you go back and look. And yeah, they bought a six-month supply back in 2019. And I'm like, are you sure you're only wearing these for two weeks? Well, maybe two and a half, maybe three. Well, I think you might be wearing them a little bit, a little bit longer than that. So I want to get more into that team aspect that you alluded to before. And let's... Um, Let's start with the staff, and then I'm going to ask you about the doctors after that. But uh, how do you get the staff involved? Because that's a big part of it as well. Did you have any struggles there? Was it a process of training that had to be retrained? Because you mentioned something before about um, things change for a little while, then go back to the way they were before. And that's really common when you're trying to implement change into practice. So if you could just tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, the, the mental leap concept. That works at every level, right? So, because we as practitioners took forever to make this mental leap, right? Where you go to lecture, you hear this mentioned here, you got reps talking to you, you, you try it, we mess around with it, we put our family in it, we put our, and then we expect the patient to make that leap. And like you said, like, because I said so. But that same thing that applies to the doctor and applies to the patient still applies to the staff just as well. Your team, as you're talking to them, they have to, be brought through that leap as well. And, and they need to understand the why. And if the why is simply because I said so, that's when it doesn't stick very long in my experience. Now, sometimes that's the answer, right? But it, particularly in this situation, and particularly for rural practices, this was a tough spot because my office staff knows my patients. They know them. They're friends with them. They know, well, Miss Betty had this happen, or I know that they're struggling right now, or look, they've got four kids. They're trying to get through things. You know, we had a, a, an aluminum extrusion plant close in, in our area, and a lot of people lost jobs years ago. And they start going, well, you know, I don't know that they can do that. And so what we really had to do was make sure that we had ways to find, yes, permission to say no, but easy ways for them to say yes. And 
that's a really hard spot where training matters. And in a lot of these, especially in lens standpoints, it's letting them wear it, right? It's not hard to just like throw it in, you know, for patients, that's easy. It's one of those moments where somebody's like a minus six and they lost their glasses. You pop in a daily lens. So here, I'm going to go let you wear these for a minute while you pick out your glasses and we'll make them over here. And they're going, these are really cool. Is this something I can do? So, yeah, that's great. But that's like feel good, easy win, right? Well, a lot of times we neglect, that's the cobbler's kids, right? They got their shoes. <laughs> our, our team, you're going, have you not tried that lens yet? I'm like, uh, no, no, I don't. Well, it's a completely different experience for that patient to check out if they're going, well, I'm swapping to this daily lens. You know, and everybody's nodding their head in chair side, and then they get there, and then when they get that final price, they go, whoa, hang on, wait, what? Is that new today? And, and it changes that experience if the team member's able to go, oh, man, I, that's the same ones I wear. They're fantastic. Or, man, I used to wear, you know, hard lenses, but now I just throw them away. And, and so sometimes those mindsets are huge. It is still also amazing when we have patients that go, like, you have lenses for my astigmatism? You're in this day and age, we're still to that point, like overcoming power discussions or, you know, it, there's bifocals, contact lenses. Where do they put the line? And you're going, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I actually get that question like a couple of times a quarter where it'd be like, OK, so then like the line moves. It's like, no, it's uh, no, they're magic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but there's that discussion does mean that with the team members having a little discussion of what's happening here. Right. Like, how does this lens work? Why is this lens better than the other ones? Why do we want patients to go different directions? You know, one of the things that we have on dailies is there's certain patients, some of that works uh, you know, in a nursing homes or in a facility where it's like, hey, look, you're at higher risk than the average person here. There's, there's bugs creeping around there that are a lot harder for me to kill. This is a safety thing. Most of those patients are like, yeah, I got it. So one of the, the thoughts we had, and we were talking with one of my uh, team members about it, was because her, her child is where's a torque and we had torn a couple of lenses learning to get things going i was like man isn't it great to be in dailies though because you tear two dailies and you lost two days where you tear two monthlies and you lost 60 and it was like boom and i heard her saying that to someone else outside it's like ha got it so that kind of training doesn't have to be super formal in some cases it's just experiencing but i do think that packaging is a huge win here and it is a place where we go back to the old sayings, it's the KISS rule, right? If we keep it simple, the things that are simple, the things that are easy are places where we need to know. One of our packages that did the best was we had to make sure we made it where they could get their arms around it. So we just made them that lens when we were pushing. It was like, okay, as we're rolling in here, this is going to be $50 a box. It's eight boxes. It's $400. And that way, it, the math was easy, but then the discount math was easy too. What's 20% off of that? Oh, that's 80. I got it. You know, if it's 6750, well, then times eight, and everybody goes, okay, hang on. But then your insurance is this, but it, wait, this turned into a difficult discussion. And once the discussion got difficult, the team pulled back. They lost their confidence. And then we found we lost our success rate. So training is there, keeping it simple, getting it comfortable. All of those things are keys to success. That's a really interesting point on, on keeping the pricing simple. And I think, you know, as you're talking through, a lot of times it's not you, it's the staff that's dealing with the objections. You know, you get through the process and then they go out there. So I, I think that's a great point as well, that if you've got a staff member that either wears those lenses or can speak to other patients who've worn those lenses, I think in many ways, 
patients find the staff more relatable. I, I think they um, they have maybe a higher level of trust in the doctor and your expertise and your authority. But at the same time, when they step out of that room and they're talking to normal people out in the, the office, <laughs> just like them that don't have a bunch of letters behind their name, I think they feel that those individuals are more relatable. And I hear those conversations sometimes, well, the doctor said I should do this, what do you think? So when they can speak to that, either from their own personal experience or sharing experience of other patients, I think that can be really powerful as well, especially with the price objection to get them more comfortable um, with and more confident in making that decision. So that's the staff. You have, how many associates do you have? So there's five of us total now. So yeah, okay, and so we're spread over three locations. So right, about three locations. To 70 miles apart each. So we're all over the place. They're spread and all never over in the, the same place. room at the same time anymore. One's by one gas station, one's by another gas station. <laughs> Uh, you have One's to deal the gas with station, the others next to the mini storage, Come the on, mini yeah. store. I got it. Okay. <laughs> so it's, you're not a, a one person show and you have to, you're driving this process as the owner as the CEO, but you've got other doctors that you lead as well. How do you get the doctors on the same page? And you, this is not an uncommon conversation just in general, when you've got associates to look at the production and a lot of owners will look at their own production and use that as the benchmark and make comparisons to their associates. And like I always say, and I just using round numbers here, let's just say an average revenue per patient is 400. If my associate is 380, I'm probably not having too big of a problem with that, but it's not uncommon either to have one doctor that's 400, 500, whatever it is, and another doctor that's $150 per patient less. Well, that really necessitates a conversation to find out why and, and, and try to figure out what we could do, how we could impact that. But in your case, with contact lens sales, how have you approached the different doctors and have you found disparity between the, the different associates? That is from a owning a business standpoint, that has been a learning experience to say the least. Uh, so one of the, at the beginning, one of the things that was easy is that we agreed. There were three of us sitting there. We we're discussing it and one's part-time. We're going, I think this is what we're going to do. We're sitting around a table. We all nod our heads and then we start acting. Well, because of that, we had buy-in and, and we were doing well. One of those doctors has retired, one moved on. So the other four now sitting around the table didn't start this project. And they have their own methods and ways of practicing, and honestly, our own patient bases too, right? We, we fall into that bias. You're like, you know, why aren't you doing this? And it's like, well, why aren't you doing that? You know, my, my patient base is older than <clears throat> some of my uh, associates, and I'm not real sure how that happened, but it may be because I've been here a long time. And it's funny how that ended up, but you have to really look at it and allow associates to practice their own way. You know, we don't want marching orders. It's not we fit this here and you're going to do what I say because I said so. Because that's not good practice, right? They are talking to that patient. It's as they're developing their practice within a practice, it has to have their, their DNA, their decision making, right? And in the same way that we're talking about the discussion, they'll have their own way of talking about it, their own way of doing it. And yes, we have to watch numbers and metrics, but letting them practice their way, I think allows us to be able to be where we need to be. However, we do have to have some understanding of what benefits the practice and what benefits our patient base and knowing why we're choosing certain things. And, and that's a place where it is really complicated nowadays to know cost of goods, right? It's just a nightmare. And if you sit down and the first thing we do is, you know, 
on a Zoom call six months ago, we open up an Excel spreadsheet that tries to explain what our, our market utilization is from our different things and what our discounts are and how the rebates work and everything else. And everybody goes, they get that glazed over look. And you're going, all right, no one's paying attention to this. It is a little bit more of that team approach rather than marching orders or anything else and just making sure like, hey, everybody, which one of these is doing better for you, right? So from one of our discussions that we had fairly recently, we were, as we're, we've noticed a shift in what we're fitting in our monthlies that we're using, we've noticed a shift in some of our dailies. And then also as, as we come through places where we have issues, like a new lens might enter the market, but it's, it's got enough back order that the staff's going, hey guys, look, you're fitting this, but we're having trouble, we're getting fussed at. We have to adapt to those things. So you wanna make sure you don't just go, well, that's what we're changing to. Come hell or high water, let's just make all our patients mad. So, the team approach where we make decisions together and get some agreement helps, but also allowing us to recognize that, yes, the, the practice next to the mini storage in the middle of Benton County is not going to have the same daily percentage as the one that is a little closer to a suburban area. And it is interesting. We had one, we were looking at it, and one of our doctors was just killing it on annual supplies. And so we were, and as we're looking through the, the we use Edge, and as we're looking at our numbers, it's like our Overall contact lens sales were down like six point something percent the last few months. And then one of our doctors' annual supplies like through the roof, like, what are you doing? What are you saying? It's different. And it was one of those like, oh, I just tell them this is what we're doing. Wait, that's it? Yeah, yeah. I just stopped discussing it so much. Like, well, well, I'm gonna try to stop discussing it so much. And so so it's it's not just, you know, teach, it's learn. And that helps us all be better at what we're doing. The um, I, I want to close out with your thoughts and your experience in the current economy. But before that, when we talked before, you mentioned something that was uh, I thought was interesting from a pricing standpoint and patient management. But you mentioned a disparity on what you charge for the daily versus the monthly prices and how you altered your strategy. Can you talk about that? Well, first of all, not my idea. I was reading something and someone else had this idea and I thought this was really bright because one of the things that, that we had done was you're looking at it. We, we have, of course, we're all trained. We have our rebates and we've got our systems. You know, rebates are good closers. They don't really, it's not the way you should open that discussion, but if someone's kind of at their decision point, I think it helps them go, oh, we have this. But one of the things that we noticed as we were shifting, that, that daily percentage was kind of going down a little bit. And one of the ideas was, hey, what you need to do is increase your monthly price. It's like this, that's genius. It's, it, it's not in a hard way, but why am I discounting everything the same way? And in, in our brains, we kind of build as we're packaging up. You're going, okay, this is how this works for daily. This is how it works for monthly. Well, wait a minute. That's those packages in the same way that the rebates are not the same value for every single thing. We don't need to do the same thing. So making it where the disparity between monthly and daily was not so great really helped that step be easier. And it's no different than going back to the beginning of the discussion. That two-week wearer that is abusing lenses has found the cheapest cost per day. They found a way to wear contacts cheap. It's by buying a six-month supply, or in that case, probably what was a three-month supply, and then coming back two years later. And if it was Russian roulette and their cornea made it through it and nothing bad happened to them, they go, so I can do this again forever. If you can sleep in it one night, you can sleep in it 24. Why not? So that moment, that patient, that's a huge step up to going from abusing lenses to then annual supply of a high-performing daily lens. 
So then telling them, hey, there's a rebate too, is probably not going to get them where you're trying to get them. But it is as we create those stair steps and make it where they're easier to understand you know, that price is not the discussion, value is always the discussion. And making sure that we're talking to them about what is best for them and what they're doing. And honestly, annual supply is not always the right thing, right? I mean, that sounds almost like heresy because we, we push on those things. But some of the times you look at it, it's like, when are you using your contacts? And the kid says, you know, baseball. It's like, okay, well, how much baseball is left? Like, I got three weeks left. Like, do you wear them during the winter? No. Do you do this? No. Or what are we doing during the summer? Uh, playing video games. Like, okay, then. Yeah, two boxes is fine. We're good. Get some more. We'll be here. You know, that's what we're here for. If you need something, we got you. But creating those lower barriers, not just trying to say the same thing every single time and listening to the patient, I think is key. If we listen to those pushback points, that tells us where we need to act. So if your patients are saying, hey, that is, you know, it's just too much right now, and that's what your front desk is hearing, then we need to look at options, whether that is packaging, whether that is discounting, whether that's looking at subscription models, whether that's the new technology that we can use to deliver patients uh, split payments or whether it's using a way that they can order online from us. There's ways to do this. We have to start meeting the patient where they are on all of these factors and making the barrier to entry low. Yeah. And, and not everybody is doing that kind of research going into the exam to find out what lenses cost. For a lot of people, that's their first exposure. And we look at prices to help us make sense of the different options, right? So if you've got product A and product B, and product B is significantly more expensive than product A, it's easier to default back to product A, unless you've done a really good job communicating the value and how that benefits them. So how could you approach that? To your point, do we lower the cost of product B to make it closer? So, or do we raise the price of the other option? And when they look at that, they see the product A as kind of the base price, but just for, you know, a reasonable amount more, an acceptable amount more then I can get a lot more value going into product B. So it's uh, probably uh, strategically and financially uh, a better approach. So let me close out here with the economy, because obviously that's something that's on everybody's mind. Uh, we're feeling it in 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 business, we're feeling it in our personal lives, inflation, a lot of things going on. I uh, just got back from vacation. I felt like every time I sat down to eat, I was dropping a hundred bucks uh, <laughs> on lunch with uh, you know a, a family of four. So how let let's we'll steer it back to the contact lenses, but how has that affected your contact lens business, or is it? It's, it's absolutely had an effect. I think. It's twofold, right? Some of it is in those metrics that we actually see. You see the patients now looking at every option, any place they can save a little bit and try to stretch things. And I think the the more economy-wide aspect of that is a place where we tend to, we can overanalyze. Uh, actually, the, our practice founder used to say a thing, and he would say, if it gets too good in a hurry or too bad in a hurry, don't get too worried. Well, that's probably very true in all of these situations. Uh, I think when Patients see gas jump from three to four dollars or from four to five dollars. Their worry is not that dollar, it's the next one. They're worried about it going from four to five or from five to six. And that's where we see things kind of tighten up. And, and it's a place where, you know, it, it, it's amazing. We sit complaining, everything's all the same, or I wish I had a way to differentiate my practice, anything else. And it is screaming at us right there. This person you know that lives in your community tells you, hey, I'm worried about this and go. 
it's a moment to be able to agree with, yep, yeah, I completely understand. That's why we have worked on this package, or that's why we do this now, where we can help you do that. Or, you know, I, these rebates, these, you know, we, we look at it as looking at rebates and insurances are our allies, you know, not bad mouthing their insurance and talking it down, but instead looking at it and going, hey, here's the great deal. And this, you know, one of the companies that was really good at this was Kohl's. And so Kohl's stores, you know, they've managed to survive a lot longer than a lot of other brick and mortar. And part of the reason was they've embraced modified models. They work with Amazon to do returns, to do the other things. So they understand getting someone into your store does anything. It's right. It's positive. But the other thing that they're really good at is that that saving, the spending to save concept. So then if the conversation changes into, now look, the, the lowest cost per day, one of those, those statements that's always true, and my, my team loves this one because it makes it safe, right? It's always a true statement. The lowest cost per day in contact lenses is an annual supply. Guaranteed, always true, never a situation where it's not. So that helps them understand, what am I trying to do? Is it lowest cost per day? Because if you buy an annual supply, you get max rebates, max discounts, max everything. Well, but that may not be what the patient's asking for. Look, I got four kids here right now. I don't need max minimum cost per day. I got to figure out how to have this check clear because we just had to buy groceries and we were trying to go on vacation and lunch that we figured would be 20, 30 bucks and ended up being 100. Can you believe that a hamburger is $11 now? Yes. Let's help you get through that, you know, and it's a moment to be their ally, to be there for them and to win. And I think that's just discussion and talking with them a little bit more and kind of leaning in as their ally, helping them get what they need instead of making it adversarial. And that's easier said than done. But I think the economy provides a unique moment where we all feel this pinch. And it's a place where we can empathize and, and really help differentiate our ability to be here for our patients. Agree completely. And thank you uh, so much, Chris. This, uh, obviously, the focus on this was on contact lens sales, but I thought we were done some really interesting directions in terms of just patient communication, but leadership as well, and really change management, coming up with the vision, and then being able to implement that and get it, getting everybody else on the same page as well and seeing it through. So congratulations on your success, continued success with, with your practice and all your impressive barbecue accolades as well. So we look forward to, to hearing great things about uh, both moving forward. So, so thanks a lot for being a part of this. Thanks a lot. Time to go fire up the smoker. Thanks a lot. We'll talk oh, to you later. All right. Now you're, now I'm hungry. So, all right. Well, thanks again, Chris. And if, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about IDOC and how we work with ODs to help them grow the, the practice of their dreams, you can find out more at IDOC.net. That's I-D-O-C.net. So thanks for listening.